happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, is a tad the side. <sighs> How you doing, buddy? How you doing? Do you want to talk about it? I don't. No, I okay. honestly no, don't. Right. Right. <laughs> like, believe me, everybody has been asking me the same thing this entire week about just what happened. Sorry well, for I'll the tell loss. You what, I'll just... tell you what happened, and and this is the question I thought everyone was asking you, which apparently no one asked your coach. Do you understand the new overtime rules? See, for me, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to talk okay, about it. Okay, no, we're going to do it. We, we <laughs> no, got to do the thing. I really didn't want to. We got to do the thing. You're a Niners fan. We got to do the thing. We kind of have to. Yeah, we got to yeah. do it. Go ahead. And, you know, for those of us who are, you know, joining us in today's episode, yeah, there's a reason we've kind of haven't done one for close to a week now is because, yeah, I was avoiding talking about this specific thing. I was like, okay, maybe we'll get back with it. It's been too long. Yeah. Let's move on to other topics. But no, no, it, no, it, no. I think we it got has it. To we got it. Just a little it. bit, just a little bit for sure. But honestly, for me, it's not even the overtime stuff. I mean, you force two turnovers on a Patrick Mahomes led offense and you don't score off of them. That is where you're putting yourself behind the eight ball then. So, I mean, it's like I understand that you also had two turnovers as well, but it all sort of balances out. I think the penalties were the same as well, but it's just like those are the things that's like and you can get those sort of uh, turnovers and you can capitalize on those mistakes. That's how you set yourself apart to possibly win these games. Otherwise, it's just the guy is too good on the other side. He's so I mean, good. There's a reason He's... he is like, you know, they already have his gold jacket waiting for him when he is ready to retire. Like, I mean, the guy is just, you know, one of the best that we'll ever see play the game. And I mean, just, yeah, you can't give him just an inch. You can't give him just any sort of separate, like that small of a separation. And it's just, yeah, I think you can say what you want about overtime. Like I said, I, I think you can look at it either way, where it's like if they take the ball and they score a touchdown first, well, the Chiefs have you already have gone to sc- you, No, no, no. Hold on. Sorry to interrupt you. Okay. You have to <laughs> score a touchdown first. If you are going to take the ball first, you have to score. You cannot, especially like you said, against that guy, which, by the way, I have planted my flag on this take. In this podcast before, I once said I played my flag in this podcast before, but you know our, our names on the podcast, so yeah, 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 yeah our flags That's pretty not, much planted. That doesn't fit yeah, quite. that doesn't fit exactly. Quite right. Um, but I have said that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time, partially because of his ability to win despite the talent around him. I am saying this right here, right now, Patrick Mahomes, you are the best quarterback of all time. Tom Brady, get the hell out of here. I don't care. About head-to-head, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time. But point being is, yes, I understand that like the Niners, you know, you 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 take the ball first to see what you have to work with. You have to work with the touchdown or not. That's that. Those are the only two options when facing Patrick Mahomes because if you sell for a field goal, he will beat you. No, I'm you're sorry. exactly right. And I'm I mean, so just, sorry, man. Yeah. It was a rough one to watch, believe me. Like, I mean, I was watching that game, and even when we had the lead, I was like, I, I texted you. I texted you, you did. during the game. You did. I was like, I can't even settle myself down because they, he came back against us, not only in other games, but in the damn Super Bowl. So I was like, I and, cannot settle myself because I, I do not feel comfortable with this lead. And, and I'll tell you the funniest part is it. so I, I mentioned it again. I, he did it again. 
And I'll, I'll, it was funny. I meant to respond to that text. And then while I was meaning to respond to that text, I got distracted by all my friends' wives were at our Super Bowl party and their cooking was so good. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was eating chicken wings and queso dip and it was, it was a great party. Not a great Super Bowl, I will admit, but a great party. You know what? No. Sorry, to correct you, it was a good Super Bowl game. No, it wasn't. For me, no, I hated it because the Niners lost. No. But overall, it was competitive. Was it was a close. Okay, yeah, no. some people could argue that it was like, you know, not as exciting. But it's like, you know, you got overtime again. Uh, just overall, I felt like it was a good Super Bowl. But yes, for me specifically, I hated the game. <laughs> Boring Super Bowl. The point being is... I saw a stat at halftime, which I'm sure you saw it too, where it was like Patrick Mahomes is eight and two, uh, went down by ten in the playoffs. I'm like, oh yeah, they're screwed. Oh no, like, there's yeah. another one where it was like it's been 19 years since a team has repeated in the Super Bowl, and this was literally on their last drive in overtime. I was like, they're pretty much just oh no, yeah, no, the, the second, no, no, yeah, that's a different stat because the second they showed that during overtime, yeah, same. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, here we go. They're pretty much doing this because they know they're going to win it, and I was just like, really, you really yeah. just don't think yeah. you can do anything? The... I was just like, clearly, you're, you know, and just all week the Chiefs got more national media attention than the Niners did. And I was just like, they're sort of just favoring this, and we're not gonna get to conspiracy theories about like the rigging the NFL, like all this stuff, no, the script, and all this stuff. That, we're not gonna get yeah. to all that, but just overall. Niners had opportunities to win that game, and they unfortunately squandered them, and that's why, unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan has Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, is now 0-2 as a head coach and 0-3 overall in Super Bowl appearances. Kyle, can and, we just acknowledge that Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan has now blown a 25-point lead and 24, 25, what was it? It's 28 to three, so yeah, 25. 25-point lead. lead and 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. Two 10-point leads, so yeah. Just, uh, all right, real quick, awesome. yes or no? Does anyone have more pressure on his legacy now than Kyle Shanahan? I say no. Probably not. I Probably can't not. think of anyone. I else. think at this point, it's like he He's has known as Shoker. It's him and Marv and Levy. Like, he is he is our generation's Marv Levy. Yeah, no, that's that's what a lot of people are saying on uh, sports radio too. That's just like, yeah, is he going to fall into that same boat as Marv Levy, where he just can't win the big one? And yeah, I I really don't know. I really don't know, but it's well, still a lot of good roster. I'm still, you know, excited for the window still being open, and that's that's the purpose of today's episode. We're getting into the it's the best season. season in the world. Everybody has hope again. <laughs> My Colts exactly. are gonna win the Super Bowl. Oh gosh, your Forty Niners are gonna play us. It's gonna be wondrous. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I would yeah, take we're that. Doing that would be, a, we have got to do an episode if that happens. We might have to live stream that episode if we it does might. happen for sure. Uh, but yes, we're doing a 2024 NFL offseason prediction show. So we're going to go into some predictions that we think may happen through free agency, through the draft, anything and everything in between there. But before we get to that episode, Tad, after our long Super Bowl talk here, we definitely have to get a shout out to our great fans at Underdog Fantasy. I mean, we were partnering with them for – probably say half the season but i mean even though it's only been two two and a half months whatever it was it was a great partnership and that continues even though the football season's over we brought this up so many times on the podcast before they do all the sports so they got you covered with the mlb you could bet on the nba all-star weekend is happening this weekend so i mean you could bet on that as well you got mma you got boxing you got golf that's going to be happening. we got the masters in april so i mean you got a lot of things that you can still be betting on uh baseball right around the corner uh, pitchers and catchers have reported this week and 
and the players will support next week. So, I mean, that's going to be happening sooner than you think. So, yeah, they got you covered with all other sports, not just the NFL. So, please use their platform. Use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I. You can double up on your just deposit of $10 or more, up to $500, courtesy of our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. And, I mean, all you have to do is pick anywhere between two to five different prop bet picks. The more bets you make, the more money you can potentially win. And like I said, just use that promo code. You can double up on your initial deposit. Only the first one, unfortunately, but just the first one. Double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500. And I mean, yeah, just a great way to get into a fun betting platform. Really easy way, too. And just a great user interface, both on the um, apps on your phone, iPhone, or Android devices, as well as the website is very intuitive as well. Uh, me and Tad have been using it ever since we became partners with them, and we just both love the platform so much. And just, yeah, continue to use them even during the non-NFL season here. Like I said, I'll probably be using them once the MLB season kicks in. A little bit of the NBA, not as much, but yeah, definitely still use that platform because it's a great website to use. So once again, use that promo code that we're uh, displaying on the screen there if you're watching us on YouTube, but we'll say it for you here. Desai, D-E-S-A-I. Double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more, up to $500. And again, guys, even though the football season is over, that does not mean that betting season is over. Trust me, I got two fantasy football leagues going on, or football, two fantasy basketball leagues going on right now. I am second place in one, first place in the other. I am killing it with fantasy basketball, which means betting basketball probably will go similarly so if you need basketball betting advice hit us up at those socials right below oh my god that's what it feels like when you nail that timing that's a great feeling that's pretty good that was amazing bottom line being is we got you with basketball Amur is a much better bas uh baseball guy than i am so just give it another couple weeks pitchers and catchers are reporting in a bit so you know Throughout the spring, throughout the summer, we are still going to partner with Underdog Fantasy as long as they partner with us. And I mean this when I say it. They are the best partners we've ever had. So I really hope this partnership keeps going. But as long as it does, we've got the best advice for you. So keep checking us out and keep hitting us up on those social media accounts for the best advice going forward. Exactly. Even though it's not football season, we'll still give you our. We're still best here, baby. Bets for still here. And and I I have to imagine there are going to be draft bets coming in soon. Oh, 100 percent. There'll definitely be draft bets once we get closer to that season for sure. So, Tad, let's get into today's let's episode. It, like baby. we talked about, it is a 2024 offseason predictions episode. Um, we got the combine happening at the end of the month, like we were sort of talking about before, and then just a couple weeks after that, we'll have the start of the new league year, which will kick off free agency so we'll see some trades we'll see some obviously free agent signings and then we'll get the pro days for the college folks obviously and then just a month later at the end of april we'll have the nfl draft so that's what you're looking forward to in the next couple of months here as far as the nfl is concerned so we may not have some nfl games but we'll definitely have a lot of action a lot of things to be talked about but before we get into all that ted let's sort of make some predictions here as far as what do you think could happen in the offseason when it comes to free agency, when it comes to a big trade, comes to the draft, maybe a combination of all three of those things? But, I mean, Tad, what is one prediction that you think will come true come the New League year? Okay, so maybe real quick, before the New League year, because it still could happen before that, too. That is true. Uh, before I go any further, I have to admit, I, I ran with another take that T. Higgins would be a Kansas City Chief. Um, that one very quickly fell apart on me. Okay. <laughs> so I was good. like, okay, all right, all right. K 
Kansas City signs big time receiver. Let's look this up. I'm like, okay, recording all reports. They want to keep. And here's where they fall apart. It's falling apart with them as well. They want to keep Chris Jones, and we already know that relationship is a little iffy right now. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, Legere is so funny because you know they're obviously happy with it. Uh, you know, w- you know, Watson with the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi trophy at this point. Um, Legere's needed that breakout year, so they got to pay that man. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. this rookie contract is up. So I think here's what they're going to do. They're going to franchise Legereus Sneed. That's $18.8 million. Yeah, yeah. They have $30 million in cap space this offseason. I don't know what voodoo magic they're going to pull off. Maybe it's like the same offseason when they signed Joe Tooney. And who was the other big guy they signed that offseason? Do you remember? Joe Tooney, and then they also signed a tackle, if I remember correctly, too. So, yeah, they, like, yeah, invested but, all this money into their offensive line because they got... And that was the same year That was the same years. year they drafted Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, too. Yeah, So they invested exactly. all of that, and we are just like, God damn it. And you and yeah. I both called that, like, those were... Orla- both- Orlando, Fla- Orlando Brown. Orlando that Brown. was it. Was. Good call. Was. That was yeah. exactly what it was. And we were all like, how did they do that? So maybe it's yeah. another offseason like that. Uh, but it's looking like retaining Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed is going to be their top, you know, go-to. Also underrated free agent for the Chiefs too. Willie Gay Jr. is going to be a free agent as well. He's old though, isn't he? No, he's only 26. What? Yeah. Really? That's why they had probably one of the more underrated tandems in the NFL with Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton. So I, I've always been a fan of Nick Bolton. I've Mm -hmm. sung his praises on this show. Nick Bolton. I even said during my Super Bowl party. Nick Bolton almost recovered a fumble, I want to say. Like, he almost got yeah, some on the sidelines. Yeah, and I was like, no, Nick Bolton's really good. I was actually really mad because I was taking a photo with my sister and my dad during the Arizona Super Bowl against the Eagles when he scored the touchdown. I turned around. I was like, who scored it? They're like, it was Nick Bolton. I was like, damn it. But anyway, so I, I do think if the Chiefs pull off some voodoo magic bullshit, Yes, they will go after because this wide receiver free agency market is stacked. There's some and good names. There's some so good names. help me God, if Michael Pittman goes to the Chiefs, I will lose it. I will lose it. He's the perfect receiver for them. But we won't talk about that. That's for a later episode. Anyway, so I go to my next hot take, which this I truly do believe will happen. Kirk Cousins will sign with the Las Vegas Raiders. Interesting. Interesting. So okay. let's talk okay. about this. So Kirk Cousins is reportedly asking for about $35 million a year. That's not going to happen. Let's be real here. No team in the right minds is going to sign that unless they're, they're desperate for He picked the wrong year to make such a demand because any team that would be like, screw it. We just need a quarterback for next year. Most of them are in play for a pretty good quarterback. This upcoming draft. So none of them are really dying to be like, okay, no, no, yeah, we'll pay, we'll pay. Just come on over here. No one's doing that. No. So the the market for Cousins is actually kind of dry. Um, and, you know, you look at what the Raiders rank as in terms of cap space coming into the season. They're heading in with $43 million. But they're more than likely to cut your boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. How's he my boy? Yeah, he used to play for your team. He's your boy. And Hunter Renfro, I'm very, I would love like a documentary on what happened there from like Raiders hero to like Raiders zero. Yeah, he fell off a cliff quite a bit. Yeah, Very quickly, 
right? It's weird. So both of them are likely gone, which actually saves them $20 million more in cap space. So the Raiders are likely going into this offseason with $63 million in cap space. And, I mean, look, this is why I picked the Raiders over all other teams. They are currently slated at number 13. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I see all these mocks being like, oh, they're going to trade up to number one. They're going to trade up to number six. They're going to do this and that and trade up. And 13 is not that appealing of a spot. If I'm the, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, if I'm the Patriots number two and you're calling me going, hey, hey I'll give you number 13. I'm like, no. Patriots number are number three, three. You're right. Commanders are number two. That's actually, that's going to come into play later. If I'm the I'm Patriots not. number three. And, you know, the uh, Raiders, I want to say Commanders, if the, so many teams, all season has begun where I have to juggle all these teams in my head. And they're calling me up, be like, hey, just trade down 10 spots. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. That's too far. So I think the Raiders are just outside of the competition where they're legitimate. Like, sure, I've seen a lot of stock uh, mocks, was, uh, also a lot of stocks, uh, as well where, you know, the Patriots take or the Raiders take it's been a while it's all right it's It's been been a while I'm I'm greasing the wheels here (laughs) I said partly my fault partly my fault I did where the Raiders are taking yeah sure let's put the blame on you I actually like that uh where the Raiders are taking JJ McCarthy or something like that but why not just take the proven commodity especially because Devontae Adams well documented very sick of this Las Vegas situation he wants to compete right away and this is not offense to be like okay we're going to the rebuilding situation la, la, la. i don't know if you ever watch robot chicken but it's like the gummy bear skit mm-hmm. the gummy bear is like skipping down the hill and then she steps in the bear trap the the raiders are not that gummy bear where yeah. they have to chew off their own leg they don't need to do that where it's like we need to compete now and it's actually funny while i was doing research for this you know segment a lot of people are like oh yeah josh jacobs is gone why is he gone you ready? It's been about a week, like you said. Okay. got to play it again. Over, oh under. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, over, under 800 rushing yards this season. Over. By how much? <laughs> you you are say- correct. You are correct, so I'm putting you under the spotlight even more. I'm going to say five. Oh, come on! Yeah! No, you knew that. Go. You knew that. That is bullshit. I did it. I did it. But I figured by you asking that question, I was like, it's something minuscule, like five or four or something like that. I really wanted to play no, the trick card, no. and you're going to be like, it's exactly 800. But I was like, no, I'm going to give it better than doubt. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's even worse than that. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Let's hear it. It's exactly 805. That's what I said. You were the worst. I hate you. You were ruining this game. Oh, I love it. I Go love it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, 805 yards rushing is not demanding that big of a contract. He bet on himself, yeah. and unfortunately, he lost. Um, sure. In my opinion, it's not a great thing. I always cheer for the player over the team, but whatever. Point being is, everyone's saying, like, Josh Jacobs, oh, he's going to go to the Bengals or something. Like, I don't really see a reason why he wouldn't just go back to Vegas. Um, sure. So with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, they need a veteran. This is not an offense built around a rookie. This is not a guy who was like, okay, he struggles rookie. It's not the Colts, right? The Colts offense, I'm not that frustrated with. 
because it's like, you know, okay, Anthony Richardson, he was out for his rookie year, but, you know, we look good. We're a young offense. We still, the Raiders are not that. Devontae Adams is a, I won't say prima donna, but he wants to win now, which yep. is perfectly within his right. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a very talented running back, but not getting any younger. You got to get him going. Like, this is an offense that needs to win now and a very, very competitive division. So I, I think it makes perfect sense for the Raiders to sign Kirk Cousins to at least a in here's the thing. They're gonna sign him to like a four-year contract with these numbers where everyone on first take is gonna go, is it worth that money? It's gonna have a two-year opt-out. And so yeah. it just makes perfect sense to sign Kirk Cousins, get instantly into the competitive, you know, talk of like, oh, they could make the playoffs. And on top of all this, if Cousins Achilles uh recovery is a little slower. Still got Aiden O'Connell, and you prove that you can win with him. So Kirk Cousins is the Raiders. Book it. Interesting. So you bring up the fact that Devontae Adams is, you know, borderline prima donna receiver, wants to win now, you know, all that stuff. But there's a receiver in Minnesota that's saying that he really is lobbying for Kirk Cousins to re-sign really? in Minnesota. That. that is Justin Jefferson. He is 100%. You know, he's holding off on his extension talks because he's like, I want to make sure we're secure at the quarterback position. And that's he is fair. a big proponent of getting Kirk Cousins back in purple and gold. And so we'll see exactly how that plays out because it's like, who are you going to side with? Are you going to side with Justin Jefferson or are you going to side with, you know, not siding with Justin Jefferson, essentially. It's like arguably your best playmaker on the offense or possibly on the entire team. And it's like you're going to disappoint that guy. Like you're really digging yourself in a hole then. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I could definitely see some suitors for Kirk Cousins, some of those you know fringe candidates like the Raiders. Uh, you can see maybe the uh, Patriots may make a play for him. You can see the Falcons maybe make a play for him as well. Where the like, they got the a lot Falcons young was the most popular prediction for him. Yeah, because they got a lot of young talent, and they just need a guy who sort of corral all that together. It just, yeah, Kirk Cousins can be that type of guy. So we'll see. But, yeah, the connection to the Raiders, I can very much see that happening. Um, I definitely want to revisit the AFC West. I got a team that I want to talk about in my next prediction. But I'm going to start. You're talking about Josh Jacobs. I'm going to start, start talk about a running back as well. And I'm going to talk about King Henry. So a lot of people are saying that King Henry may not be able to re-sign in Tennessee. or that The guy t- gave a farewell speech. He's gone. Yeah, it's seeming most likely that he is gone. And, you know, even though the head coach, the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Brian Callahan, former offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals, he has sort of said that it's like, you know, maybe we could work him into our scheme. Like, I mean, we're willing to welcome him back with open arms sort of thing, but Exactly like I said. It's like you don't give that type of speech in your last game. They gave him a microphone. I know. I know. You usually don't do all those things unless it's pretty much writing on the wall that's like he's gone in the offseason. So I think he's going to leave in the offseason. And here's the team that he's going to side with. And it's going to frustrate a lot of people because they're just going to get a lot better. And this team was just in the AFC Championship game. And I'm not talking about the Chiefs because the Chiefs have a pretty good running back already, which would be pretty intriguing for sure. By going with the team that they beat, the Baltimore Ravens are going oh, to Lord. side Derrick oh, Henry. My God. <laughs> so, J.K. Dobbins, great rookie season. Unfortunately, Tad, since then, you know, I know, the guy has just All been short. mired with injuries in his short career. In only three seasons in the NFL, Tad, he has played a total of 24 games. Oh, that hurts. And that's especially rough. when you saw that production is rookie season, you're sort of banking on the fact that, it's like, okay, this is a guy that we can rely on in our offense as far as being a good supplemental piece to Lamar Jackson. This was before Zay Flowers. This is before Rashad Bateman. This is before all those guys. You still had Mark Andrews at that time, but just like 
this was a guy that you can sort of use as a building block for your offense. And so it's like you're relying on that. But then he gets hurt out for the year. He gets hurt the next year, misses a lot of games, gets hurt out for the year last year. So it's just like, can you rely on this guy anymore? I really don't know if you can. Here's the big thing as to why they move on. He's a free agent this year. Mm. So why would you want to entertain the idea of bringing back a guy who just hasn't been healthy for your team at all? Also on in conjunction with that, Gus Edwards, running back that was pretty productive for them this season. He's also a free agent. So you're going to lose two of your key running backs. I know we had the emergence of Keaton Mitchell. He was just the blazing, fast, you know, rookie sensation that we had towards the end of the season. Lost him to a season-ending injury. So you got him as a good complimentary piece. Obviously, you signed Dalvin Cook for a playoff run, but I don't know if he's going to stick around on the team long term. He's not. Maybe no, he's not. There. He's not. He's not. I think we're he'll probably move on for sure. So I think in this case, yeah, you have a hole at the running back position. Derrick Henry has said he wants to play for a Super Bowl. He wants to play for a contending team. Like I said, Ravens were just in the AFC Championship game as the number one seed with a now two-time MVP under center in Lamar Jackson. And we saw this before in the early parts of Lamar Jackson's career. They were very heavy on the running game. Remember the connection between him and Mark Ingram? Like, it was Mm -hmm. lethal to stop. Who are you going to stop as far as the running game is concerned between both those guys? Now you add Derrick Henry into that mix? Dear Lord, defense is going to have a tough time figuring out what to do. Now you also add Zay Flowers, who has emerged as a good receiving threat. Lamar Jackson is willing to throw it a little bit more, growing a little bit more as a quarterback as opposed to just an athlete on the football field. I mean, just dangerous, dangerous stuff. I know uh, Derrick Henry has obviously gotten past his age 30 year, but I mean, the guy is just so he's productive. Still he's still there. He's, you he's, know firsthand. He has I, played in the AFC South and I, ran holes through the Colts defense, through every defense in that I, I, I love this prediction because get him the hell out of my division. Yeah. Get him out. Just helping you too because, I mean, just going through some of his – I will pack his bags. I will move for him. I just moved. I'm aware of what a pain it is. I will move his entire mansion. Get out of my division. And here's what he's done. The past six seasons, he has a double-digit oh, touchdown in six straight seasons. He's had a 1,000-yard rushing season in five oh, of the past six seasons, which includes three seasons going over 1,500 yards. Of those three seasons, Ted, he had one season where he went over 2,000 rushing yards. Like, the exactly dominant piece. And I said five of the last six seasons, he had 1,000 yards rushing. In that one season, Ted, he only played in eight games. But he still was I forgot so close. about that year. I totally but forgot about that. Here's the worst part. Here's the worst part for you because you experienced this. Like I said, he played in eight games. He still rushed for 937 rushing yards. Rem- he was 63 yards short of getting to a 1,000-yard mark in only eight no, I, damn games. I remember that because it was – was that this past year? What year was that again? That was two, uh, two years ago. Two years ago. I remember that because uh, when we were – that was our first year doing fantasy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was right. still the leading fantasy running back like three weeks after yeah. he was ruled out for the season. And I was like, yeah. how is this possible? It was very similar to like Cooper Cup like after he yeah, got hurt. Yeah, it was and exactly he was still, like that. He still finished as a top 25 running back. I can't remember where – I totally finished, forgot about like, that season. It's like, yeah, he had a sensational season and he's just been a dominant force. And even if he only plays like maybe one or two more good years for the Baltimore Ravens, that's still enough. Your window is open right now. You have a lot of young pieces. Your defense is young and talented as well. So, I mean, it's like this is the time to capitalize on that. You sign up to like a three or four year deal and he could sort of possibly finish his career potentially with a ring. But this will give him a really good shot 
like I said, it's a match made in heaven for both parties. Oh, absolutely. And that was the big criticism with, you know, how the Ravens did in the AFC championship is how did the chiefs manage to win that game is they forced Lamar to throw. Sure. And because they, they, they shut down the running game and, and you could blame them on the coaching. And I think that's a valid criticism is, you know, they, they abandoned the run way too early, which is a hundred percent true. But at the same time, they kind of abandoned it because they knew we're not going to do anything in this run game. So like either we win it via pass or we're going to lose this. And if you bring Derrick Henry into this, you know, fold, all of a sudden that becomes less of a you know threat because I, I would say that's the one legitimate criticism on Lamar Jackson is, you know, you, you made your mark by being a rusher. And it, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but to me, it seems like he's kind of taken a step back from being the rushing type of quarterback. And he wants to become more of a, not saying he's not still rushing and everything is, is, you know, stats on the ground are still plenty good, but it seems like he's become more of a passer than a rusher. As of late. I think he, I think 100% in that AFC Championship game, that's exactly what he was doing. Because I was saying that to a lot of my friends when we watched the evening game between the Niners and the Lions. I was saying that before. I was like, Lamar Jackson is not doing the thing which made him, which makes you know, him great. Lamar Jackson, exactly. two-time MVP. I was like, there were plenty of times. It was like third and short. He had all this open right down the middle. Just, yeah, right down like, the middle. He was not doing it. He was just sitting in the pocket trying to pass the ball. And I was like, go run it. Do what you do best. <laughs> he just wasn't doing it. I think exactly like he's just here. Get maybe too much of the media that's just like he's a running back. He's not the quarterback. Maybe it's too much frustration for him. He's like, no, no, no. I got to prove all the doubters wrong. I could do it through the air as well. And it ultimately cost him. And you clearly saw it a lot of the time. So, But, hey, throw Derrick Henry in the mix. You eliminate yeah. that weakness. Exactly. And without exactly. that weakness, I mean, I, I remember the Chiefs were what? Like three, three and a half, four and a half under, uh, underdogs in that game? Something like that. Forever, Something like yeah. that. So like all of a sudden that underdog status with their opponent is justified because, okay, Lamar, you want to be a passing quarterback? Fine. Yeah. We'll just give it to Henry. We're good. It's no longer like, okay, no, if you can't throw the ball, we're screwed. It's like, oh no, we have to rely on Derrick Henry. Oh no. Is that Bruce? What's his name from yeah, family guy? For family guy. I love it. I the love little it. baby's gone missing. Oh no. Oh no. So, Tad, as I close this out here, I've got to read out some names to you. Le'Veon Bell. Kenyon Drake. R.I.P. Tyson Williams. Who? Trenton Cannon. Who? Melvin Gordon. Okay. And Dalvin Cook. <laughs> These are all running backs that have played for the Baltimore Ravens in the past uh, three seasons because they had to deal with J.K. Dobbins being out for majority of the time. That is not a good – Although, J.K. Dave – uh, Devons, J.K. Dobbins could be an interesting like DeAndre Swift situation there. Yeah, like, go, I, I still go have to hope a different for the guy. Team, He's like... still young in his career. He could rebound, but just unfortunately, it's just I don't no, know what it not is. With the, not of, with the Ravens. There's something no, in the water yeah, in Baltimore. He's just not able to make it work in Baltimore. Go somewhere else. Find success somewhere else. All the power to you, my friend. But yeah, King Henry in Baltimore, dirty, straight dirty. Keaton All right, Henry? Now, let's get to another. Whoa, wait, wait. Keaton Henry. King Henry. King Henry. That's oh, King Henry. Saying. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> i finally got you slipping up yeah yeah a little, a little wasn't as clear but yeah king henry that's what yeah, whatever saying, so. yeah. all right Ted, let's get to another prediction here what do you got for me all right this one's a little bit more broad and like i said i i we would come back to the commanders but i finally i i you know i've been slowly but surely doing my draft research especially this shirley. weekend what don't call me shirley <laughs> Oh, how dare you? God damn it. That is now a 50-year-old joke, man. 
It's one of the greatest movies it's not ever. Mel though. Brooks. Who is that? It's uh Leslie Nielsen from. Airplane. That's it. Damn it. <laughs> Chauncey, I know you're listening to this. I'm sorry, man. I think he's loving it. I think he's yeah, loving it. Yeah, I don't think he is. He was very <laughs> upset with me for the last episode. Um, <laughs> but this is a little bit more of a broad prediction, but I'm confident in this is Jaden Daniels will be selected before Drake May. Okay. Let's hear the reasoning behind this one. Okay. So the more I watch him, the more I become enticed with Jane Daniels. And I think the more people will become enticed, people being NFL scouts and GMs will become enticed with them as well. You look at Drake May, everything about him is solid, but nothing about him jumps out at me. And that's always why I like Drake May more than Caleb Williams is because Caleb Williams, when he makes a good play, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. But then it will make a really, really dumb play. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy sucks. Drake May was always just across the board consistent where I was like, okay, yeah, that wasn't the best play, but it wasn't terrible. I, I see the logic behind what you did there. With Jane Daniels, when he makes a holy shit play, he makes a holy shit play. And he's not making a whole, a whole lot of holy shit that was a bad play type of moves. Uh, I think also I just set the show record for the number of shits dropped in the last two minutes. Episode's not done yet. Oh, in the last two minutes, and yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, shit, let's keep it going. So, <laughs> point being is, uh, Jane Daniels just looks like he has a higher ceiling than Drake May does. And I think that you look at who's picking number two, and this is why I'm so mad I screwed that up earlier, is because this, this, this was the whole basis around my argument for this, is Washington, I do not see Washington trading out of number two. If they okay. don't trade up to number one, they are not trading out number two. I've seen a couple mocks where it's like, oh, Washington trades. With Why? Why? Who do they? I Look, I, I love Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell is the next Taylor Heineke where he just jumps from team to team to team and be like, he will, he'll be our bridge guy. I think that's Sam Howell's niche. It's a great niche to have. I would kill for that niche. But Washington needs a quarterback. They know that. It's a new regime under Dan Quinn. They want their guy. And I think that you look at who – King or mm, I kind of gave it away. You look at who Quinn's <laughs> offensive coordinator is, which is whoever. Uh, who is their offensive coordinator? I actually blanked. Do you actually not know? I forgot. I kind of slipped up there. I kind of said the first part of it. No, no, I blanking on it. I blanking on it. Some may say he's a king maker. Is it Dave Canal? No, Dave Canal is the head coach of the Carolina. Cliff Kingsbury. Right, the offensive yes. coordinator Flip in Washington. Great. So I, it was funny because when that hire was first made, I read a bunch of articles. Be like, well, Drake may play in a spread offense, which is true, and he succeeded in a spread offense, which is you know legitimate analysis. Mm -hmm. But I think Jane Daniels is the better fit there because I think what happened to Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in Arizona was that he thought that Murray was a better passer than he is. And I think that Murray ended up being more of a runner, and that's where it all started falling apart, where Kingsbury was like, okay, we got to be more of like a running situation. Jane Daniels, and I said this weeks ago on the podcast, he's a smart runner. He knows when to run. He's not looking to run first. He's always looking deep, and that is important because his deep accuracy is insane. He actually may be, and I swear I will stand by this if the tape holds up. I'm not making this take quite yet, but as of now, from the at least seven or eight quarterbacks whose tape I've watched so far, he has the best deep accuracy in this year's draft. Better than okay. Caleb Williams. He has better deep accuracy 
Mikhail Williams. So I think that Jaden Daniels, with his dynamic playability of both being a passer and a runner, and his ability to determine in the situation what is the better option, that is what so many GMs overlook. Is oh my god, this quarterback's a great runner. Well, should he have run there? Or could have he like could have a pass been a better option? That is what a lot of people like, you know, GMs tend to fall for like, oh, he's a dazzling. We saw Johnny Mansell. Look at that pass. Yeah, but that was a really dumb pass, and he's damn lucky it was Mike Evans making it. Like, that is what happened with Johnny Mansell. With Jaden Daniels, it's actually the opposite of like, he had no talent other than neighbors. But for LSU, people yell at me, I know he had neighbors. I know he had neighbors. I'm actually growing on him. The more tape I watch him, neighbors, the more I like him. But other than neighbors, there was not a whole lot of talent on that LSU offense. And Jane Daniels looked damn good in it. That tells me you can elevate a team. So I think that Jane Daniels, second overall pick, I don't know what team. I'm not going to make that prediction. But whoever picks second overall, it's going to be Jane Daniels. Yeah, I think the Kingsbury connections actually linking all three quarterbacks. Because, I mean, naturally you have to find material. It's for so confusing. Here, this so guy's like, season is going to be great. <laughs> The Caleb Williams thing, it's a natural connection, obviously, with Kingsbury being at USC last year. So it's like, okay, you got to want the guy that you were sort of coaching last year. It's a good fit for your offense, right? Um, Drake may have sort of seen it as well. Like you said, playing a spread option. You got a little bit more of that pocket presence. You got a guy who could dissect the defense possibly if you coach him up a little bit properly. And he could make moves with his legs as well. So, I mean, he got both abilities there. And then, yeah, 100% with Jaden Daniels. You got that guy who's smart enough to sort of dice it up through the air when he needs to, and then also make the smart run. He's the perfect spread well. quarterback. Exactly. So it's like that whole spread system is sort of like linking all three of these quarterbacks to Cliff Kingsbury and the Washington Commanders. So, I mean, I could see any situation where they're taking a quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, just it's really just going to see how the tape plays out, how the combine plays out, how the pro day will play out. And, yeah, we could very well see Jaden Daniels go ahead at Drake May. Because, yeah, I mean, there's uh, still a little bit more dissection that I have to do with Drake May. But, just yeah, there are times where I saw – that he just wasn't as consistent as I was hoping that he could be. And so I worry that just like, yeah, maybe we're just seeing a different guy in college that will get the NFL level. So yeah, we'll see how this all plays out. And I think just a natural transition point again. I mean, this is why we've been doing this podcast for three years. We just sort of been working at it. It's been getting just, a lot better here. Just you, you just get me buddy. Exactly. But you're setting it up nicely for me. And I think that's the thing that I want to talk about here is that I also want to talk about the draft. I think we're going to see a big shakeup in the top 10 here, number one overall specifically. Okay. So oh, think, all right. All right. We're doing that thing. Okay. Let's... I think so. I think so. We're going to have another trade by the Chicago Bears out of number one. Now, before I get into the team that is going to trade into number one, We've been talking about this for a while. You know, obviously the whole talk around the Chicago Bears offseason was just, are they going to trade Justin Fields? Are they going to stick around and build around him? Obviously a related question, are they going to trade the number one overall pick or are they going to hang on to it and draft somebody with that pick? Not necessarily Caleb Williams or a quarterback, but just are they going to hang on to that pick? And I think in this case, I've said this before about they'll probably hang on to the pick and stick with Justin Williams that would take Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm sort of retreating on that. So I think they're still going to stick with Justin Fields. And I don't know why your screen got dark all of a sudden here. I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. My battery, my battery's running a little low. <laughs> so I'm trying to adjust the brightness. I just realized, I was like, oh, shit, that affects the 
There we go. Hi. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I still think they're going to build around Justin Fields, but just, yes, I think they may trade out that number one pick because I think they get a good draft haul, support Justin Fields with more weapons with the trade package that I'm about to lay out for you here, and they'll be able to build some capital for next year as well, whether that's Matt Eberflus, whether it's with somebody else, depending on how Matt Eberflus does in this year. Because, yeah, it's very much a hot seat season for Matt Eberflus in this coming year for sure. So yeah, we'll see how that all plays so. out. Very much so. A lot of Bears fans I know, including Matt, including a uh, good friend of the show, Jason Williams. Uh, oh, man. So Jason many Williams. of the. <laughs> yeah, how about that? A yeah, lot of them were just that. like, why do we not fire him? Like, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I'm in Dallas, man. But yeah, no, a lot of Bears fans wanted him gone. Yeah. So we'll see how that all plays out this year. But I think this move is going to impact both franchises in a way that's going to help them both and sort of, you know, really put a sort of like turning point for one team in particular. This is the team that's going to trade up to number one, the Denver Broncos. No! Denver Broncos are picking at number 12. And so I think they jump all the way up to number one to get that number one overall pick to take Caleb Williams. And so let's dive into this here, Tad. So Sean Payton. He's clearly ready to move on for Russell he Wilson. so done with him. Saw it last season. He was a healthy scratch for the final two games of the regular season. They went with Jared Stidham over Russell Wilson. So it's just like, clearly they're ready to move on. Unfortunately, they can't move on from that contract just yet because he signed such a, oh, burdensome contract for the Denver Broncos. So they're going to have to deal with that for a little bit longer before they can get out of it and eat some of that money, obviously. Uh, but I think in the meantime, they're going to get their franchise signal caller in Caleb Williams. Um, we're sort of talking about the quarterback landscape as far as free agency is concerned. So you got your Kirk Cousins, um, Gardner Minshew, your guy with the Indianapolis Colts, Pro Bowl quarterback Gardner Minshew. Right. He's on the market. You got former Colt as well, Jacoby Brissett. You got Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, it's like you got a good mix of some guys there. But, I mean, you got that combination of, like, either high price with Kirk Cousins or you got guys that are going to be bridge guys again. So, it's like you don't have a long-term answer with any of the options on the quarterback free agency market. So, I think you have to make a big move here because clearly Sean Payne thought he could do it with Russell Wilson. Boy, was he wrong. I mean, we did. I, I don't even know if he thought he could do Russell Wilson, though. It seems like he kind of inherited him. And he was just like, all right, let's see if this works. I think that's what led to this downfall is he kind of was just like, OK, we're going to try my system. If he works in my system, happy accident. If not, then you're out of here. And I think that's what the whole drama late in the season was, was like, OK, you didn't work. You're out. And I think that's what led to it is I don't even think he wanted him in the first place. And that makes a ton of sense, but I think you don't take that job unless you think you could turn around Russell Wilson because he fair. knew going into that job, Russell Wilson was your starting oh, quarterback. Yeah. So it's like, I think least. part of the reason it's like he thought he could probably make it work. And then I think he probably was more thinking along the same lines you were, where it's like, all right, well, now I just need to worry about my system and not so much about Russell. We'll figure out something else later and sort of deal with it that way. So. Like I said, I think they put together a package here. So let me know what your thoughts are on this package here. So, okay. so like about Broncos, Broncos are big at number 12. So they'll trade okay. the number 12 pick, obviously. Right. Um, they'll trade a first round pick next year. Okay. They'll trade a second round pick next year. Okay. Um, they'll also get the number 81 overall pick this year. So that is a third round pick. Okay. And the kicker in this, Jerry Judy. Oh, interesting. It's a very similar deal to what they did last year so with the be, Carolina it'd be, Panthers. It'd be DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, and oh god, who's the other one? 
Darnell Mooney will probably be in the slot. But he is a free agent, so I don't know if they re-sign him. But still, you got Bealus Jones from That'd Tennessee formerly. So I mean, Cole like, Komet, that's a good Cole Komet's still there. Well. Cole Komet, obviously, he's been playing really well. So I mean, just like, you think about Damn, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking that. That's not a bad move, I'm taking right? that. But it's like, yeah, especially because at that point, they know whether or not they lost Mooney or not. So if you lost Mooney, you can take a doomsday at that point. That is true. That is Ooh, true. that's an interesting trade. Especially like because that. they'll be able to hang on to that number nine overall pick. So you can go with Doonesay. I love Mo- draft season. <laughs> you can go Malik Neighbors. I mean, there's a different options that you can go with there at number nine overall. If you don't want to upgrade the receiver position, you go attack corner in case Jalen Johnson. Oh, you can go season. corner. So like, there's a lot of things class. that they can do, but just overall, you get a package very similar to what you got last year with Carolina, where you got DJ Moore and you got those plethora of picks as well. So I think this is a very similar package that you get. And now you pair up DJ Moore with Jerry Judy, who we've talked about this on the podcast, Dad. He's been the subject of trade rumors with the Denver Broncos in the past two like, seasons. I was just about to say that. For the last, like, two years, they've been Yeah, it's so just him. like, I don't know why that's the case. Yeah, he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations so of good. being a number 15 overall pick. Was it 15 or 14? I can't remember. Yeah. Mid-first-round pick. We'll just sort of leave it there, obviously. Um, And so, yeah, I think you got him in a contract year, too. So even if he doesn't work out with the Chicago Bears— you just let him walk then, but it's like as a good kicker as part of that overall trade package, that's something that you want to take for sure. Broncos move on from him. They don't have to worry about him anymore, and the Bears potentially get a piece to start opposite DJ Moore. Um, we talk about Caleb Williams. I mean, he's just that type of playmaker that I think when Russell Wilson was in his prime, I think you very much see some of those traits in Caleb Williams. So it's like obviously you see that. And I think that's what Sean Payton was hoping for when he got Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback. It's like – this is the guy that I was sort of hoping for could run my offense. It's like very much that sort of Drew Brees-esque as far as being a passer, but he's also got that athletic ability that Drew Brees lacked to sort of get out and run some RPOs, run for first downs, run for short yardage, whatever it is. And so, yeah, Caleb Williams fitting and being a part of a Sean Payne offense, I think could be a very good match made in heaven for both of those parties there. Um, and overall, this is sort of like a big crux for Sean Payne. It's like he could either succeed with Caleb Williams or he's just never going to coach again because, yeah, this, I feel like, is his last opportunity that's like, he says he's here, that's like, he'll coach for a little bit longer, obviously, but it's like, if he doesn't succeed with Caleb Williams at this big of a trade, he's done, and he's probably out of the league. Maybe he'll get a coordinator job. I don't know if he'll want to take that route, but I think for me, I think he'll go back to the probably the TV booth, and he'll do that, I guess, possibility here. But just, yeah, you look at the Broncos. I think they're on the cusp. They have eight straight losing seasons. But you look at last year, they went eight and nine. They had a good stretch in the middle of the season where they went, where they won five of their six games. They got some building blocks with my boy, Javante Williams. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Greg Dulcich at tight end. They got a young defense with DJ Jones on the line, uh, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan. So I was like, they got some pieces that they could be competitive. They figure out that quarterback position, they can compete in a very tough AFC West. But yeah, I think here, you're sort of talking about the Raiders being at 13. It's like, who really want to trade up here? I think the Broncos, one spot ahead of them, I think they make that big leap up to trade with the Chicago Bears. And they really, you know, buy into Caleb Williams fitting a Sean Payne's offense. And the Chicago Bears, they get a lot better with draft capital, as well as Jerry Judy potentially being a good opposite piece to DJ Moore. Well, and that's where that kicker comes in play, right? Cause the Raiders don't really have that kicker. Raiders aren't going to trade Matt Crosby. They're not going to trade uh, Devontae Adams, despite reports of yeah. Devontae Adams being traded. They're not going to trade him from the number yeah. one overall pick, but that is the perfect kicker right there. Jerry Judy's like just good enough where it's like, Oh shit. Okay. And like, not quite good enough where it's like, Oh, that's a major piece we're getting rid of. It's like, okay, if we draft well, 
we can make up for that. Now, obviously, you miss the typical bullshit of like, well, Shane's third rounders. That now seems to be a thing. Um, but throwing those picks and that's now a thing. Um, no, I love this pick, especially because like you said, well, I I actually, you know, he, here's why I almost flip what you said is I, I, I don't think it's so much as urgency on Sean Payton's part. Sean Payton's contract has him locked down at least for next year or so. I don't, I don't see him in the broadcasting booth again until 2026 if this all falls apart. Because I just owe him too much money. If I'm Eberflus, I'm like, oh, dear God, we need to figure this out right away. Unless something radically changes when we inevitably do this episode in, you know, June or July of, you know, what coaches are on the hottest seat. Eberflus is probably going to be my number one pick. That's fair. That man needs to succeed. Otherwise, he is so fired. And, you know, we've said it before, but and from all the reports I've read is they are not getting rid of Justin Fields unless they get, you know, a Kings or they are getting rid of Justin Fields. If they sorry, let me repeat this. Justin Fields is gone unless they get a Kings ransom for that number one overall pick. That Broncos offer is the Kings ransom where I'm like, OK, and kind of like what I was like, oh, my good God, with DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Justin Fields. And on top of all of this. So you look at who you can get at number nine, which is any receiver that drops. You kind of already touched on them. Neighbors, Odunze, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. That'd be crazy. Outside but, chance. Uh, outside <laughs> chance. And um, so the Broncos are picking at number 11, you said? Uh, 12. Number 12. Number 12. All right. So Talisi Fuaga, who is this guy that I will not shop about. The Oregon State offensive tackle, who, by the way, is shooting up a lot of draft boards sure. over the last couple of weeks. You could get him at number 12. So if I'm the Bears, I just got my number two for my guy. I just got a great offensive tackle for my guy. I got number three for my guy. Also, I got Jerry Judy, a good rookie, and DJ Moore, offensive tackle, and a bunch of picks for next year. I mean, how do you not take that? For a guy that's proven he can win. Because Justin Fields, a lot of people are forgetting this. Justin Fields proved he can win with this roster. Like, if if I'm the Bears GM, I'm taking that trade 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like this is a trade that it's hard to pass up on unless you're really committed to just not rolling with Justin Fields. You got to be in love with Caleb Williams to do that. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. You have to really be locked into Caleb Williams or potentially Jaden Daniels or somebody else that's just like, no, we have to move on. We're not going to take this type of you know draft capital and just huge trade package for a second straight year that it's like, nope, we're going to make the decision and move on from Fields and go with somebody else. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, this is the fun of it. This is the fun of it. of like draft trades and free agency predictions. And I mean, just, yeah, we're still at the very early parts of it. Like, I mean, Super Bowl just ended a week ago, but I'm still feeling it like I mean, it was yesterday. It, all right, well, well real point. quick, real quick. Let's keep the excitement going. I know you and I both have third picks ready. We're kind of running up against the clock, so we won't give too much explanation. But real quick, what was your third pick? The third pick that I had was another free agency signing, and I'm going to pick Devin White signing with the Houston Texans. And so this sort of circulates. How (laughs) dare you, sir? I mean, we had a great surprise season by the Houston Texans last year. Not only did they win a playoff game in convincing fashion, but obviously they won the division to get into the playoffs as well with a rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and a rookie quarterback at C.J. Stroud. I think they continue to build on those strong foundations. They aim on the raw defensive side of the ball. D'Amico Ryans especially there. 
Um, when he was coaching the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator there, he had a anchor in that middle of the field with Fred Warner. I think he's lacking that in Houston, and I think he gets his guy in Devin White to be that sort of leader of the defense, that quarterback of the defense like we so like to talk about here on the podcast. And, I mean, he could be that sort of pass coverage guy. He can come in and uh, come after the quarterback as well. He's obviously a great run stopper. I mean, just an all-around linebacker that you want to shore up the middle part of your defense. They're going to lose a lot of uh, free agents at that position specifically, so this is a position of need for them. And then the biggest thing as to why I think they sign a free agent linebacker as opposed to drafting one, they pick at the bottom half of the first round and second round. So it's a little bit of a reach if they go in the first round, and it might be a little bit too late if they go to the bottom of the second round and draft a linebacker in those positions. They may have to trade up if they really want to get a linebacker of a top caliber like a Jeremiah Trard Jr. or Peyton Wilson on North Carolina State. So I don't think they go that. I go with this route. They have the seventh most cap space heading into free agency early offseason. So I think they pay a lot of good money for Devin White to anchor that defense for him. Don't you put that evil on me, Rick Bobby. <laughs> How dare you? All right, my my third slash fourth, because I had two options, is uh, and I'll go through them real quick. Tyron Smith signs with the Chiefs. I would hate that. Does, but doesn't that reek of something that would, the Chiefs would it do? It could happen. It could exactly. Happen. Like this old aging veteran that doesn't really care about the bag anymore. He just wants that ring. So yeah. he's like, fine. How much do you want? A million? Fine. Whatever. I'll play for you. Tyron Smith protecting Patrick Mahomes. Like, God damn it. No, I'm right there with you. We're just like, they, it's, it's a, you know what? It's been a while since I pulled this one out of the bag. <laughs> it is a goddamn, what am I about to pull out of the bag? The Aaron Paul meme or the fucking freaking bad meme. They can't (laughs) keep getting away with this, but you know what they are. So like Tyron Smith to the chiefs. Don't be shocked if that happens. Also, I've seen a very popular prediction of T Higgins, the Titans, which makes sense. They just hired the Bengals offensive coordinator. How about this though? I think this team speaking of the bag is going to throw a lot of money at him. T Higgins to the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. They are desperate for a receiver. That was a big weakness, obviously, other than Adam Thielen. But they're like, dear God, that man is. First half, Adam Thielen. Second half, Adam Thielen. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that's <laughs> just second half. Everything with the Panthers is a very different uh. story. Uh, so I think actually it would not shock me if the Panthers landed a big time receiver in this very loaded draft class. And I think that like if if they throw enough money, don't be surprised if D Higgins lands in Carolina. Okay, we'll see if that all plays I just, out there. Just don't sure. let Bryce Young. He's not that bad. He's not bad. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be a Bryce Young defender over this offseason. Hey, I'll take it. I think he's got the talent too. He just needs a little bit more support for sure, especially up front. A little 100 percent up front. <laughs> a little. All right. So that'll close out today's episode. We got through a lot of our predictions here. We'll see how it all plays out. Like I said, we're at the very early part of the offseason with the Super Bowl just ending. So yeah, we got the combine happening pretty soon. Right after that, we'll have the kickoff of the new year. So that'll be free agency. Then we got the pro days. And of course, we'll close it out with the draft at the end of April. And then we're really hitting those dry months where it's just like waiting for trading camp and mini camps to happen. But guys, with all that, you know, happening, we definitely got you covered. Hit us up on all of our social media handles. You got us on Twitter. Got me on side 23. You got Ted, Ted side 94. Got the show handle at the side guys. And of course, our Instagram at the side guys as well. So hit us up. What do you want us to talk about? You know, what are you most excited for? Uh, we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to get your thoughts on everything that's been happening and what's to come when it comes to the NFL season and off season. Uh, guys, if you're listening to us, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe as well. So you're always up to date with our podcast episodes. Watching us on 
on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so we're up to date with that. And guys, please, please, please make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAFB Network. They did a fantastic job at Radio Rail during Super Bowl did week. Did you see they got Chris Sims? They got Chris Sims. They that got was awesome. Trevor- they got Trevor Sikama, a draft expert, and I mean, they got a lot of great guests. So check out all that content on lefbnetwork.com. Subscribe to all of their, you know, podcasts and social media handles and YouTube and all that stuff. Because guys, without them, there would be no us. We really appreciate them for sure. But guys, to everybody who's already, you know, watching our YouTube videos, who's interacting with us on social, social media, who's, you know, reading our articles that we posted a long time ago, who's listening to our podcast, I mean, guys, any way and every way that you're supporting us, we seriously just can't thank you enough. And look, there's a lot of draft stuff, a lot of offseason stuff. We are covering free agency, trades. It was like, hey, whatever is going to happen during the offseason – that is going to be your prediction. So if you have any questions regarding any of that, hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook. That's the second time we've done this. This episode this feels so <laughs> awesome. On Twitter, on Instagram, we will respond. I Even if it's not you know, me, is a Murr because I am teaching a class. My phone is buzzing in my pocket. I look and a Murr is having a conversation with one of our fans on True. Instagram. And I am getting alerts because we both have access to the account. That is how it was like 12 p.m. during the day on like a Tuesday. So that is how, you know, responsive we are with all of your interactions, YouTube comments as well, all those, you know, comments. And it's funny, some, a lot of my students just found our podcast, by the way. So hi, all my students listening for the first time. And they were just like, wait, you're on Spotify. Wait, you're on Apple Music? Yes, we are on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast is where you can find us because we want to bring you the best information. We want to have, most importantly, we want to have fun this offseason. So if sure. you have any way to do that, hit us up. Let's have fun. Let's make it a great offseason. And you know what, Burr? I've been waiting all year to say this. And no, I do not mean all 2024 before you pull out that smart-ass remark. Draft season is here, baby. It's here. It's here. So let's get prepped for draft season. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe.